This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Breaking news regarding John Morant and the suspension handed down from the NBA, and he will be suspended for 25 games. Unfortunately, this is a suspension that John Morant deserved. You miss 18 games now, there's a 65-game minimum that players have to play to make All-NBA, to be MVP. Well, he's out of consideration now. Just from the financial standpoint, it's as bad of a penalty as we have seen in the history of professional sports. What this has cost him financially. John Morant suspended 25 games. That is courtesy of the Friday news dump from the NBA Earlier today, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. As always, presented by Progressive Insurance. No Canty, no Carlin, but you've got Courtney Cronin and Gabe Neitzel hanging out with you on a Friday. Trying to sort through all of this. Was it the right length of a suspension? What happens to the Memphis Grizzlies next? And from a basketball perspective, the on-court contributions from John Morant. You cannot argue how talented of a player he is, despite all of the -the off-the-court stuff that maybe has shown a clouded judgment. Maybe that's putting it lightly. But I look at this, and I look at the schedule and think, okay, he's probably back. 25 games puts him back right around the time that Christmas Day happens. If you're like me and thinking ratings, thinking TV, thinking how this works for the NBA and all of its broadcast partners are self-included here – This creates a whole lot of buzz right around the time that the season really starts to pick up, you know, gearing towards the end of the regular season in the NFL and right around the time when the NBA has the day that it has owned for so many years. Yeah, they really get to take off. And John Morant is on the court, one of the most exciting players in the NBA. I think that the NBA, I think this is going to be a problem that a lot of sports leagues are going to have to deal with over the next five to ten years. It's one I think the NBA has dealt with in terms of, man, why does the regular season matter? How do you make the regular season matter? How do you make people care about the regular season? And when you have somebody who's been putting on highlight after highlight on the floor the way John Morant has done I mean, it seemed like before the first suspension, it seemed like every week he was doing something that you hadn't seen on an NBA floor in a really long time, jumping over dudes or a great pass or you know being able to fill up the, the stat sheet the way that he does. He's one of those players that makes the regular season worth watching because he's so exciting, worth watching. And that, to me, is, for the Grizzlies, a great reason not to move on from him. I think you have to try to trust him the best you can, although that trust probably has been... It, it, it's, it needs to be earned back a little bit after he... Oh, yeah, I learned my lesson. I know what I'm doing after the eight-game suspension, and then we have this that leads to a 25-game suspension. Memphis cruised during the regular season, and even with the eight-game suspension, the first of the two suspensions he will have received from the NBA, despite his absence there, they had no problem locking up the two-seed and going on to play the Los Angeles Lakers, where they ended up getting bounced from the playoffs, but they still are a very talented team. A lot of mitigating factors, though, for why they were not successful in the postseason. It wasn't just John Morant. It was the Brandon Clark injury that put him out for the year, the Achilles, the Stephen Adams injury that put him out on top of the distraction that was caused by Dylan Brooks. So if you ask yourselves, is it fair to question whether the Memphis Grizzlies want to keep John Morant in the fold? I don't think that that's out of pocket. 
I want to hear from Tim McMahon, ESPN NBA reporter, because he has been all over the story with the Grizzlies and the NBA since the first incident that we saw on Instagram Live back at the beginning of March. And he was on Greeny earlier today and had this to say about whether the Grizzlies should move on from John Morant. Memphis has never had a player with this kind of a talent. They might never have another one. So I think that uh, you have to, as the Grizzlies organization, exhaust every possible way you can have to maximize this guy's potential. But the simple fact is the harsh reality of this might not work out is slapping them in the face. Now, way too early to, to act upon that. Obviously, if it does reach a point of maybe it's in your best interest to explore trading John Morant, the time to do that is not while he's in the midst of a long suspension. That was Tim McMahon on John Morant. He says it's not time to do it. And the way that I heard that, like not time to move on from John Morant, not time to trade him, I mean the window would be now, but he's such a polarizing figure on the court too. Remember, this is somebody who like takes off from the baseline from like the free throw line to dunk the ball. He is mm-hmm. exciting to watch. He is explosive. The NBA needs new faces to emerge, the John Morants of the world, to help usher in this new era that's unknown after LeBron James, after Kevin Durant, after Stephen Curry, and other players end up reaching the end of their career and retiring. He has to be one of those guys. I don't... I think that Memphis is in a really tough spot here, Gabe. They're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't because if they punt on him too early, if they move on, say, hey, we... We can't do this anymore. After two incidences, I don't think anybody would blame them for being in that mindset. But then he goes out, and then if he like changes the, tra- the trajectory for another franchise or has a great career somewhere else, they're going to look like they gave up on him too soon. But if they hold on to him and continue the path that they're going right now, they obviously have some pieces they have to fulfill on the roster this year. We know Dylan Brooks is not coming back. Um, Other things that they have to consider there, too, and other contracts that have to be paid. But if they hold on to the hope that John Morant can not have any of these indiscretions off the court, and then he continues to not fulfill all of those promises he's made to the NBA and to his own team, then they shoot themselves in the foot, for lack of a better term there, because they tried to hold out hope that this one player that was so highly highly sought after just couldn't get his act together. I think it's a really tough spot for them to be in. It is a tough spot for them to be in, and I think because you're Memphis, I think you, you have to hold on to him. From a basketball standpoint, I think you have to hold on to him for as long as you can. If you are a team like the Los Angeles Lakers who just have players want to come play for them because they're the Lakers, it's different. But if you're a smaller market team like a Memphis, like a Minnesota, a Milwaukee, San Antonio, some of these different places that aren't, oh yeah, that's where free agents want to go. If if you're Memphis, you got to hold on John Morant for better or worse, because the worst thing if you're the Memphis Grizzlies is trading him away, and he ends up like you said changing the fortunes of a different team. If you hold on to him and things continue to go south. At least you can say, hey, this was a generational talent. We all saw it. Generational talent. We tried our best to make it work. And, you know, now we got to try to start over someplace else. I-, I think that's just the way you have to go if you're a team like the Memphis Grizzlies that just historically hasn't been a place that's attracting all the big names. No. And who knows what happens this offseason? Because with, with 
John Morant suspended the first 25 games. That role ends up going to Tyus Jones. And he's an excellent basketball player. He might be a starting point guard on another roster, but with him, with Joss suspended 25 games, Tyus Jones is going to assume starting point guard role. He averaged 16.4 points, 8.1 assists in 22 starts. That's great. But who's the adult in the room? To me, the bigger thing here with Memphis is that it is such a young roster, a very mm-hmm. talented roster, but a very young one. And I floated this idea a couple weeks ago to Kendrick Perkins about Chris Paul potentially joining forces now that the Phoenix Suns are going to say goodbye to him when they eventually, you know, officially release him. And he, he shot down that idea. Like Chris Paul's life is between Phoenix and LA and and he thinks he's going to end up with the Lakers. But I think having not only a playmaker to carry the offensive load that you get from John Morant, but an adult in the room, somebody who has done this at the highest level and has been a beacon of professionalism, Memphis has to make that the number one priority this offseason in free agency, getting someone with experience who can help guide this young roster because Taylor Jenkins can only do so much, and he's the coach. You need another player voice in there to show you this is how you conduct yourself as a professional player in the NBA and making sure that John Morant has guidance that he didn't have. And and that's not putting like the onus on anybody other than John Morant. He's responsible for himself, Gabe. I firmly believe that. But I don't think it would hurt the Memphis Grizzlies to find some insulation for other players and just what they want to build culturally down there to bring in some veteran guidance to help them get back on track. Because regardless of what happens from here on out and how these first 25 games play out for the Memphis Grizzlies, there's a lot that's been that's happened this offseason and dating back to what happened this year that the Grizzlies need to recover from and need to make sure that they don't teeter into that territory again in 2023. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app is always presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel, sitting in for the guys on a busy Friday afternoon. And on the topic of John Morant, it's been also a, a pretty pretty eventful offseason for Zion Williamson. We will end up leaving it at that. You guys can all go on Twitter <laughs> and uh, read the adult entertainer who had put him on blast last week. I haven't tapped back into that to see if there's any later, latest developments. But what we do know right now is that Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans might not be in the best spot. There's been some conjecture out there about whether his relationship with the team is uh, in a good place, whether it's not. He played under 30 games last year. And the season before, he misses the entire season with the foot injury. And then we find out today that Teresa Witherspoon was is no longer on the Pelicans staff. She was someone who had developed a close relationship with the Pelicans forward last season. She was their player development coach over the past three years. So could this be a sign that New Orleans is trying to gear up for life in the post-Zion Williamson era? Andrew Lopez ESPN NBA reporter who covers the Pelicans was on Canty and Carlin yesterday talking about what this means for Zion and the organization. The Pelicans are parting ways with assistant coach Teresa Witherspoon, who has kind of been uh, Zion's you know player development coach the last few years. So he was on on you know at the facility today, kind of talking to hear that news for himself. Uh, firsthand before it kind of got out. That was something that they wanted to do. Um, 
but that doesn't kind of surely doesn't help all the talk that is around him, especially if, you know, one of his, you know, favorite coaches on staff is no longer going to be there. I, I do think that there are still some, uh, they're definitely trying to make some moves, but it does not appear right now that Z is a part of many of those conversations. So it's no surprise that after Zion Williamson played at 114 games while missing 194 games and not living up to the potential of being the number one overall draft pick that was supposed to you know, make basketball a thing in New Orleans. It's not surprising to hear that trade rumors are becoming more, you know, they're becoming louder. And Wendy was actually talking about this the other day. I heard him on a radio appearance that he said he was hearing conversations that the Pelicans are having about trading Zion Williamson and kind of surprised, quote, how out there it is, meaning it's the best kept secret that they might be trying to move on from him. So you got to ask, is it, are we nearing the end of the Zion Williamson era in New Orleans? Cause if this offseason is any indication of it, Gabe, it certainly feels like it. I, I guess if you're in New Orleans and you feel like you can get that deal, it's not shocking. You, you just listed off the numbers. The, the Zion Williamson talent is enticing. Zion Williamson as a prospect is enticing. But when you've played 114 games in four seasons, yeah, you start to wonder. And I look at the, the, the Witherspoon and, and letting her go as, yeah, okay, you, you're, you know, you've, you've been the close to Zion. He's only played 114 games. There's there's something that's not working here. I don't think you can just make everything as comfortable as you can for a player like Zion Williamson until he's kind of earned that. You know, I, I look at other. You know, you look around the league and the players that have kind of earned that. And, and the NBA is about player empowerment more than any other sport. But the, the players that deserve to be a part of their conversations are, are guys that you know are all NBA are MVPs, have made runs in the playoffs. We're talking about the Giannis's, the, um, you know, we're talking about Joel Embiid, we're, we're talking about Steph and LeBron and all those guys. And Zion certainly has the potential to join those guys one day, but I don't think you bend over backwards for someone who, yeah, has flashed the potential, but still has only played 114 games. So if there's somebody out there that's willing to take that risk on and you feel like you can get a decent enough return on your investment and you can get a top five pick this year and there's somebody that you're really interested in, I I think you kick the tires if you're New Orleans. Think about all the players that they have on that team that were supposed to lift New Orleans in a division in, in a you know part of the NBA in the West that they thought, hey, we can actually be a contender here. There was a time in place where they were at the top of the Western Conference standings. That dissipated very quickly. It wasn't just the Zion injury. It was Brandon Ingram missing a considerable amount of time too. But the way that this roster was constructed, those two pieces, CJ McCollum, the backcourt that they have, this was supposed to be the team with Zion as the centerpiece to actually make some noise, to go out and be a threat in the West. They were the number one team in the West last year when Zion went down with injury. When he's healthy, which he rarely is, but when he's healthy, he's easily one of the best players in the NBA. If you're another team and see an opportunity to give him a fresh start and hope that the health, that like whatever regimen you have as an organization can help keep Zion Williamson on track, maybe it's getting him out of New Orleans, maybe it's getting him around a new strength and conditioning, nutritional, whatever, staff, like... If you feel like those pieces are in place, I don't see how you couldn't at least make the call because when he is healthy, he is one of the best talents that we've seen. I mean, we saw him 
dominate in college at Duke. And in the early part of his career, too, the promise was there. I remember I was actually in New Orleans the first night uh, that he played in the 2019-2020 season, and that was right before COVID. Remember, he didn't play at the first couple, like first 40 games of the season, Mm -hmm. and then it was January of that year that I was down there for his debut. And you saw the promise. And you still see the promise. It just happens in 29 games this year. And then missing the whole season before due to the foot injury, you're running out of time to figure it out if you're the Pelicans. So maybe now would be the time if there is a team, I don't know, someone out there in the Western Conference, maybe all the way up uh, in Oregon looking to do something with their roster. They happen to have the third-round pick, that team I'm referring to, the Portland Trailblazers. They could potentially be in the mix if you're thinking about what makes sense where the fit would make sense. But can you win a title with Zion being your team's best player? None of us can bank anything on that, Gabe, because we haven't seen him stay healthy. Teams like Miami would be upset if that's the route they went because everybody seems to think that Dame Lillard's going to be on the move, that the Portland Trailblazers are going to end up drafting a guard, potentially the replacement for Damian Lillard, and then kind of do what's right by Dame, restart, try to rebuild, and let Lillard go, try to chase a championship elsewhere. But this would be a complete reverse in course and go, hey, no, Dame's our guy. Let's try to get him help. It'd be hard to imagine finding a better player, at least a potentially better player than Zion. However, can that fan base, would would they be able to survive another big man with feet issues? Is that something that they really want to sign up for? up there in the Pacific Northwest, because that's what you're looking at. You're looking at a big guy with foot issues, and that's always scary, especially when you're talking about the Portland Trailblazers. Again, when he's on the floor, he's spectacular. Like, I just, I don't know if you can bank on it. And gosh, it's wild that a year ago next month was when he ended up signing that extension. Remember hearing about the weight Mm -hmm. clause that that thing had, that he had to like have a body fat percentage uh, in his weight. It couldn't be above 295 uh, pounds, otherwise he'd lose money. We actually didn't hear anything about that this year. I thought that was going to end up being a bigger storyline surrounding Zion Williamson and, and maybe the injury that he sustained this year that cost him, you know, the rest of the season. Maybe that played a role into it. But the Pelicans, without him, they were a play-in tournament team that had no shot. And without him going forward, who knows the way that they might reconstruct their, reconstruct their roster. If Portland was somehow in the mix and gave them the number three overall pick, maybe there's a chance that they could do that this year. I just think that the writing is on the wall here. Zion, is that what it would he- take for you? If you're the general manager, would it take a top-five pick? Is that what you're looking for? If I, dra- if, I drafted, if I drafted him number one overall and I just paid him last off season, then yes, that would absolutely be a top five pick, no question. Otherwise, we're not doing business. Don't even call. Because, again, when he's healthy, he might be one of the most talented players in the league. Big if there. Not a big sample size either from Zion Williamson, especially the last couple of years. Straight ahead here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Chiefs or the Nuggets? Both teams are champs, but who is better suited to repeat? That's coming up next right here on ESPN Radio after Gabe has this word from Indeed. If the summer heat is making you sweat your staffing plan, Indeed makes hiring makes make hiring feel like a breath of fresh air. Their hiring platform makes it simple to attract 
interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. And you can even schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. No team in NBA history's waited longer. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets are finally All culminated with us winning a championship. But I got news for everybody out there. We're not satisfied with one. We want more. We want more. Rings have been won and rings have been given out this week. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel sitting in for the guys on this fast Friday. No one's given us rings here. We're not the Denver Nuggets. But, man, what a fun celebration. I hope that somebody has found a, a shirt for Bruce Brown. I know that he was on TV <laughs> earlier. Uh, I just It brings it conjures memories for me, Gabe, of the 2016 NBA Finals, the one that I covered when I was covering the Warriors, and obviously they blow a 3-1 lead, which leads J.R. Smith to be shirtless oh. for maybe, maybe a whole week. The entire summer. I don't no, think, I just, yeah, I think it was in the entire summer. summer. I think it was the entire summer, yes. I mean, I, I guess if you win a championship and you can just be in a perennial state of being inebriated for a week, that's okay behavior. 
right? Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to embrace it. You're supposed to cheer for it. You're supposed to... And so often, I feel like so many athletes just don't know what to do. I mean, we've heard athletes talk about this. <laughs> like, like Nikola oh, we, Jokic the other yeah, night. Well, well, the Jokic, job is done. We can go home now. Like, Jokic, like, he just wanted to go home, hang out with his family, hang out with his horses. I get it. Like, that's, that's, that's what that man wanted to do. He wanted nothing to do <laughs> with the parade when he found out it was going to be yesterday. But he participated. He was still there. But embrace it. I feel like that's what fans feel like they would do if they were on a team and won a championship, that they would just spend a week inebriated, just having the best time they could possibly have. So shout out to uh, shout out to J.R. Smith from back in 2016, because he certainly had the most fun of anyone I can think of. He set the tone, and I think Jokic bought in a little bit more by the time the parade rolled around. He seemed like he was having a great time up on the bus when he's riding around with Jamal Murray and his MVP trophy. And someone else having an awesome time who doesn't want this parade to stop anytime soon is Nuggets head coach Michael Malone. Is Brucey B going anywhere? Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hey, we running this back. We running this back. Isn't he that supposed was awesome. to be the responsible one? He's the no, head coach. No, he's the head coach. He's having fun. He wants to see this core stay together. That's him speaking to Stan Kroenke, who has been a part of a few of these championship celebrations. Remember the blank them picks thing that Les Snead said was during the Rams Super Bowl mm-hmm. pride. You know the the parade that they had after they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. But I think it's awesome. But I think it speaks to the fact that. He's not wrong that they're trying to run this whole thing back. And it got me thinking about which team has the better chance to do that. That team, the Denver Nuggets, who now are four days shy of uh, celebrating a championship, winning one and now celebrating one. Or is it the Kansas City Chiefs? They had a private ring ceremony last night where they got their Super Bowl rings. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles back in February. And Patrick Mahomes had this to say about maximizing this moment with the core that made it all happen. It's, it's about maximizing the moment. I know that I'm not going to always have this team around me. I mean, Travis is like 45 years old. <laughs> Chris, Chris is all getting up to getting up there in age, too, still playing at a high level. And all these guys are at the prime of their careers, and you never know if you're going to have this team. And it's not. And I, I never have regrets about when you play your best and, and you lose, but I don't, I don't want to ever have a, the regret of not giving my best every single day and then looking back and saying, hey, like we had the team and I didn't do what I needed to do in order to put us in the right position. If the Chiefs repeat this year, they would be the first team since the 2003-2004 Patriots did it. There's a reason that it's taken 20 years and we haven't seen a repeat champion. But between the Chiefs and the Nuggets, I know that roster construction and the salary cap and a lot of things are different between the NBA and the NFL. But who do you give the upper hand to when you think about which team is better suited to repeat for a title? I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's mostly because I think the depth of talent in the NBA and the way it's just been so spread out across the league. I mean, just think about the Western Conference this year, and we didn't really know what team was going to come out of there. Well, it all kind of depends. Oh, is this team healthy? Is that team healthy? Can they, you know, can they actually play up to their potential? When you're starting to talk about the Nuggets, that the West is so deep, and the East has. I guess we have to wait and see what happens with the 76ers, but to potentially three really good teams in the Eastern Conference that I think there's six or seven teams that I could say, yeah, this team's going to win it next year. You'd go, oh, okay. In the NFL, I would say 
I mean, it's the Chiefs. I would say I feel really good about the Bengals. If you want to put the Bills in there, I think they still need to make a move or two to kind of solidify themselves to get to that upper echelon the way the Chiefs and, and the, uh, the Bengals are up there. The NFC is not deep at all. I, I just really think that the Chiefs, with the best quarterback in the league, I think they've got the best chance at repeating. It's hard. I will not pick against Patrick Mahomes. That is very difficult to do. And last year... They they wrote the script of take our best offensive player away that's not Patrick Mahomes and we can still win a championship and beat you all kinds of ways. As long as Mahomes is there, they are going to be a contender. There's a reason, though, that we've seen how difficult it is to find the 0304 Patriots again in the modern time because of how good the AFC is this year. You've got a slew of quarterbacks, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's Joe Burrow, whether it's Justin Herbert on the come up with the Chargers that could very well push for a championship this year. And let's not forget the Philadelphia Eagles. They were in it last year too. I look at the NBA and I look at the Denver Nuggets and I look at what Michael Malone was talking about. That was after the, you know, the whole thing about running this, the running this back was he was pointing to what they're doing in free agency this year. Now, Bruce Brown has, he's like their only big free agent. He can stay, he can decline that player option and they could try to keep this core together. I honestly think they're going to end up doing that. They've got nine players under contract, assuming Bruce Brown is going to decline that $6.8 million player option. So when it comes to two years from now, when the new CBA should go into effect, and we're looking at teams that are going to be trying to stay below the luxury tax threshold, whether it's the first apron, second apron, we don't need to get into details of it. They're trying to be efficient bringing in role players from the draft the same way that they did with Christian Brown last year because they've got Nikola Jokic under contract. They've got the opportunity now to extend Jamal Murray this offseason. They want to pay their stars. They want to save the resources for their stars. That's why they made the trade with the Oklahoma City Thunder. The little blip on the radar that happened before Game 5 because they see a window to repeat and to repeat right now might not even be their last one at that. I wouldn't put the cap on the Denver Nuggets at two championships. The West does feel open, Gabe, but I take a look at this, and I think that the gap between the Denver Nuggets and the rest of the West, the John Morant Grizzlies, the Stephen Curry Golden State Warriors, and, of course, LeBron uh, and the Lakers and the the Suns, I think that gap is widened considerably because of the way that these playoffs took shape. Right now, certainly, Jokic is on top of the world in the NBA. But there's a debate over who the best player in the NBA is. Is it Giannis? Is it uh, Joel Embiid? Is it Jokic? You know, and, and does LeBron have, and Stephen Curry, do they have anything to say about it? And, and I just think the undisputed best quarterback in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes. And I guess I just lean towards having that position so locked up with zero questions about him and Andy Reid at the helm. I mean, the, the Bucks two years ago thought that they were going to be in position to win multiple championships, and now they're kind of at a crossroads for themselves. Same thing last year with with, uh, with the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I'm sure the Warriors thought that they would make a better run at it this year than they ended up doing, and, well, I, I don't think they saw Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole in preseason coming either. But there are just so many variables, I think, in the NBA, as deep as it is. There are so many teams that are actually closer than we realize right now to the Nuggets because of the run that they just had I still when's the last time the Chiefs had to play a playoff game on the road like the the Chiefs just continue to plug along in the AFC yes they haven't won back to back but they've just been so dominant in the NFL when other teams just haven't been able to do that in the past 
Okay, this is a fun debate, and this could go a number of different ways, but we want to hear from you. Chiefs or Nuggets, which team is better suited to repeat as champions this season? Phone lines are open, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're taking your calls on that coming up next. Plus, I'm going to tell you what's grinding my gears at the moment. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. No team in NBA history's waited longer. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets are finally NBA champions. The last step is after a champion is to be a dynasty. So we're not satisfied. We accomplished something this franchise has never done before. And I think we just showed through 16 playoff wins what we're capable of on the biggest stage in the world. I'm not really an optimistic guy, but that gave me a hope that we can do something. The Nuggets are NBA champions, and the celebration wagers on. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, where every day is a celebration, because you've got Courtney Cronin and Gabe Neitzel holding it down for the guys on this Friday afternoon. A reminder, we want you to tune in to an AL East rivalry tomorrow. Red Sox hosting the Yankees. Coverage beginning 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Phones are open. Triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We're talking about the Chiefs who just got their rings last night from the Super Bowl and the Denver Nuggets who are still in a state of uh, inebriation as they are celebrating their Monday championship win over the Miami Heat. Which team is better suited to run this thing back next season? CC call in line, triple eight, say ESPN. Let's go out to Lucas in Indiana. Lucas, you're on Candy and Carlin. Hey guys, how's it going? Love the show. Uh, I'm in Southern Indiana as a Bengals fan. I think that the Nuggets are better suited to repeat just because of the playoff layout. They get a series, and in the NFL, you just get one game, win or lose. Uh, I think the Bengals have a better shot this year to win the AFC and take it to the house. Lucas, appreciate the call. I The playoff format in the NFL, I mean, you're never going to get the same sort of it's never going to be the same, never going to be a best of seven that the NBA has. And the Nuggets showed you they don't need seven games, though. I mean, like, look at how they handled. I mean, the only scare they had was the Timberwolves in the first round. And was that even really a scare? I think that no. was kind of just uh, sometimes they play a B-minus game, just like they did in game two of the finals this time around. Yeah, it's. but I still think the Chiefs have that advantage. I I'm guessing even all those other things, I think the Chiefs are going to be the number one seed in the AFC and they'll have the advantage of not having to play in that first round. If if you get a, a difficult matchup, maybe somebody has an off-shooting week, somebody gets banged up the way we saw maybe with Tyler Hero in Miami, they were able to survive it, but yeah, you just suffer one different injury and I think that, that series can shift still in the NBA, especially as deep as the Western Conference appears to be right now. Adam in Dallas, you're on ESPN Radio. What you got? Yeah, hi guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'll just preface this with saying I'm a Chiefs fan. I grew up about an hour at Stadium, um, so obviously I'm a little biased here. But um, I got to remind everyone that the Chiefs. This was a rebuild year for us. You know, we had four rookies starting the Super Bowl, and we had more combined starts for rookies this year than any team that won a Super Bowl since 1991. So you look at the roster, and I think we're just poised to be even better this year. And the other, the other point I'll make, and I'll listen off the air, is when you look at championship weekend, the weekend of the AFC NFC championship, every single one of those quarterbacks is on a rookie contract except for, guess who, Patrick Mahomes. So, Dennis 
roster is constructed around him having already paid him. And once the Bengals start paying Joe Burrow, once some of these other teams start paying, you know, Brock Purdy, um, you know, Jalen Hurts obviously got paid. What are those rosters going to look like after that? Yeah, it's a great point, and it's wild to think about Patrick Mahomes and his $500 million contract that he signed in 2020. He's going to be up for – they're going to need to rework that thing pretty soon here, but they've managed to do this in a way where they've made some hard roster decisions. They didn't want to pay Tyreek Hill what he w- was wanting and which he ended up getting from the Miami Dolphins. They said, no, we're okay – letting you walk in trying to run this thing back with some new pieces. How many questions did we end up filling our offseason with last year about Sky Moore and whether you know the, their second-round pick in 2022 was going to be able to contribute, whether Marquez Valdez-Scantling would be a nice replacement for what she lost to Tyreek Hill. They were never able to replace the Cheetah, but they found ways to make it work. And I just I, I really think it was an incredible job from their front office to know once you get the quarterback spot set and if you have the the talent at that spot you can try to run this thing back again and again and again of course it gets more difficult when other teams and the AFC as a whole Gabe has great quarterback play from top to bottom but the first round by it always helps we know that home field advantage if if the road runs through Kansas City again I would not be surprised but they have done a really good job kind of like what the Nuggets are trying to do, of having your stars and then reloading with young talent through the draft. Not that wide receivers are becoming like running backs, but when you have Travis Kelsey too, and he's your actual number one receiver, and you run so many things through him, and he commands so much in, you know attention, and, and it opens up things more on the outside, I think that really helps too, to have those two that have that connection. It allows you then to, because I mean, you have to go cheap somewhere, right? you got to go cheap yeah. somewhere, and wide receivers way that they decided to go cheap. All right, we want you to keep weighing in. Chiefs or Nuggets, which team is better suited to repeat? We're going to ask Chris Canty when he joins the show. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.